Hello everyone and welcome back to the Royville Movie House. We've just stepped out of the theater and all of my popcorn is done, so it is time to review our latest film. This is from our bad list. It's called The Incredible Melting Man from 1977. The cast is actually really big, so I'm only going to read off the ones that, well, I remember the names of. Alec- probably not anybody we would really know on, in this one. Well, no, I'm just talking about from character names from the movie. Right, right. Um, Alex Rebar played Steve West, or the Incredible Melting Man. Burr DeBenning played Dr. Ted Nelson. Myron Healy played General Michael Perry. Michael Aldridge played Sheriff Neil Blake, and Sweeney played Judy Nelson, and Lyle Wilson played Dr. Loring. The movie was directed and written by William Sachs. Um, The only synopsis I'm going to give you of the plot is actually what's on IMDb, because it's a horror slasher drive-in movie like the plot is pretty simple uh an astronaut is transformed into a murderous gelatinous mass after returning from an ill-fated space voyage it's literally all you need to know uh (laughs) i would like to say however an ill-fated space voyage to saturn in basically an apollo capsule well that's very true it's a very far-fetched uh, premise, but it's still a it's a premise. True, true. And actually, I don't know if they got uh, rights to film in a capsule or something like that, but the capsule actually on the inside looked pretty good, I thought. Now, granted, never an astronaut, but I thought it looked pretty good. However, the ludicrous idea that they were sitting in that capsule... The whole time going to Saturn and coming back, I thought, was a little much. Well, in our trivia, the capsule, the probe that we sent to Saturn, I can't remember the name of it because I didn't write it down and I'm dumb, uh, took four months from Earth to there and back. And that was unmanned, so it could go faster than manned. Um, Or maybe it's just there and around and then dead. Maybe it was I called Scorpio. Well, no, like that was that. in the movie. Oh, okay. I apologize. Okay. Oh, you're talking about the real world. Yes. Okay. Cassini? Maybe. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> I can pull it back up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it took four months. In the movie, it it looks like it only takes a few minutes to get from Saturn to Earth, the way that they edited everything together. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, so, anyway, there are three people on the probe. Uh, the Incredible Melting Man, or Steve, is the only one who survives. Out of the three astronauts that were in the capsule. So, okay, so that's pretty much all we need to know about the plot, really. Um, the big issue that I have with this movie, and it's, it's big, is that Steve Nelson never got his crackers. Ah, uh, Ted Nelson. <laughs> I did keep doing <laughs> well, it, I did Ted, it again. Kind of a problem <laughs> trying to differentiate Ted Nelson, doctor, with <laughs> Steve, was it Steve West? 
Yes. Good. Steve West, the astronaut. She kept saying Steve Nelson. <laughs> I did. I pointed it. So it got to be a little joke where, you know, I was like, Ted Nelson. Or he would hang up the phone. All right, Ted Nelson. Or he would pick up the phone. This is Ted Nelson. So, yeah. Not very funny, but that's what was happening. My bad. The New Horizons spacecraft ah, okay. took New two Horizon. years and four months that's, to reach Saturn for I, I thought that was a little quick, but, you know, that's fine. That's the cool. astronauts in this movie made the round trip in the first few minutes of the film. All right. Sounds good. All right. So a few other little trivia points before we talk about cast, I guess. Um, the budget was low, so they used stock footage of the sun and a satellite Um the moon. Yeah, um, Saturn was basically the moon. And we never got to see the rings. And they kept saying, man, you have never seen anything till you've seen these rings. And then they show the moon close up. And solar flares, which I think was implied that that's what caused everything. But Saturn's further away than Earth, so we should all be melted. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so... Um, I've got a few little things that I thought was funny. Um, the German title of this movie translates to Best Regards from Planet Saturn. Huh. The Spanish title translates to Stickiness. <laughs> I can see that. The Italian title translates to Waxman. And the French title translates to The Monster That Came From Space. Originally, this was called Ghoul from Space, and in the plot it was revealed much later who the monster was that they were. Ah, okay. So they rewrote it that it was, we always knew it was Steve. Maybe that's why they had all those flashbacks. Very possible. There was a number, yeah. We kept forgetting what happened to Steve. Yeah, yeah, so they kept uh, telling us over and over again. Every 20 minutes or so. Um, The body count of the movie is six. I thought it was higher than that. Yeah, it was a long movie for what it was, so maybe that's why. The melting makeup effects, this one I thought was really cool. The melting makeup effects inspired Emil Antonesky's fate in Robocop. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think that was either Rich or Rick Baker. Uh... I thought that was a very strong name, so I remember he, the, the makeup person, oh, makeup, yeah. the special effects person. Okay, so why is this movie bad? It's overscored. The score of the movie took over quite a bit. Like, to the point where I was really surprised the characters weren't like, whoa, I'm in a horror movie. Don't you hear that? <laughs> right, right. It was pretty bad. Um, and it wasn't a good score either. I mean, it was somebody on their Casio. I I don't know how else to say about that. I didn't have a problem with the score. I thought the score was somewhat well done in certain parts of the movie. However... In putting it into this movie, it seemed over the top. It, it just drove things like any of the, what would have been probably a pretty decent jump scares were totally ruined by the score because the score gave them away. The score totally gave them away. Um, it was bad because it was uh, poorly written. Yeah. 
it was bad because the premise of the whole thing was utterly ridiculous. Uh, to our modern sensibilities. I mean, I'm not saying that 77, 78 was the Dark Ages, but there was a little probably... There was a little more of not knowing about space travel at the time. That's fair enough. And there was a whole lot of just normal, everyday conversation in this movie. Yeah, the movie was definitely padded with people living their lives. There was an argument about how Ted Nelson uh, did not get his crackers because his wife didn't get them at the store. There was an older couple that uh, there was maybe a five, ten minute scene of them talking and kissing and smooching in the car. Um, There was just a lot of that going on. When Ted Nelson left his wife alone with the general, he told the general, help yourself to the leftover turkey in the refrigerator. Before he went to go hunt down the psychopathic murderer melty thing. Yeah. Was weird. Yeah, and so and then there's a big scene where he gets his turkey leg and uh general gets his turkey leg and enjoys it before he goes out spoiler alert and gets killed. It was weird. So, yeah, it was it was kind of a weird juxtaposition <laughs> of these somewhat horror scenes because not very well done. And then these normal people basically just being filmed living their life. Like, they weren't even actors. Like, these are just, you know, we're going to put a uh, camera on you. And so what did you guys do today? Well, I went to the store and got some groceries. Oh, really? Well, that's great. I really need my crackers. Oh, sorry, honey. I didn't get these crackers. There's a pad by the phone that you can There's write down. There's a pad in. by the phone that you can write down what you need. Like, like why is this in a horror movie? <laughs> Utterly weird. Um, all right, so Alex Rebar played Steve West. Not a whole lot to say about his performance. They dressed him up in uh, makeup special effects, and he ambled about the set and the locations like a melting zombie. And the death scenes weren't very well choreographed or even filmed. It was kind of almost most of them were somewhat off screen. There's a lot of screaming. Yeah, a lot of screaming, but not a lot of horror, not a lot of suspense, really. Not really. Berta Benning played Dr. Ted Nelson. He was okay. Ted Nelson. He was okay, but he kept getting hung up on. He did not like that. That was... Yeah, uh, Yeah, he wanted to be the hanger-upper. Yeah, um, and he wanted his crackers, which he never got. Um, And, spoiler, he dies. From a bullet to the head and not the ambling zombie melty guy. So tragic. It was horrible. Actually, I was a little surprised. I don't know if you remember that or not. When it happened, I'm like, they just killed Ted Nelson. Like, it just it came out of nowhere and it was yeah, weird. Yeah, you think of everybody, he would survive. <laughs> it was very strange. I was taken aback by that. Really, the only main person in the movie that survived was his wife, who was pregnant. I'm glad she survived because she was pregnant. Well, true. That would have made me a little... eh, Kind of like when the kids were 
looking like they were on the chopping block. I was a little... <laughs> yeah, it was a big twist, I guess, because you would have thought that she would have been killed off. Yeah. So. Um, Myron Healy played General Michael Perry. He played a general. He played a guy that was told to act like a general. But this general really, he must have been a backwoods general. He doesn't even have his own office. He does kind of remind me of Steve Austin from the Six Million Dollar Man, though, uh, after his adventuring career. <laughs> okay, yeah. Where he's, he's let himself go a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> let himself go a little bit. You know, some of the cybernetics aren't working as well as they should be. Uh, but That's yeah. Um, and Sweeney played Judy Nelson. She played hysterical, okay? Is that the wife? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know what to say about all these characters, but I, I feel like I need to go through them because we didn't do a plot thing, so we can I just very I have a very, very strong um, argument for these characters. I firmly believe that they were all in the movie. Well, yeah, but... The world of the movie is really flimsy to begin with. Yes, yes. <laughs> So these characters are a little flimsy themselves in order to be able to be believable in that world. Yeah. But the stars of the movie were the three kids. Oh, well, of course. They played hide and seek. They played hide and seek. They smoked. They wanted to play doctor with their little uh, female neighbor friend, friend, neighbor friend. They immediately, after playing hide-and-seek, went and started to look at some Playboys. And guess how old they were? Like, what, ten, maybe? No, Nine? Six. six. They were, like, way okay, young. Okay, so, yes, yes. So <laughs> like, six or seven. <laughs> definitely standout performances from the little rascals in this movie. Um, they took their little friend out to play hide-and-seek and then left her in the middle of the woods. Yeah. I mean, they were stand-up people. Yeah, well, stand-up children. Well, whatever. <laughs> and Lyle Wilson... Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped somebody. Michael Aldridge played Sheriff Neil Blake, who needed to know what was happening, even though it was top secret. Yeah, yeah, very top secret. Um, however, Ted Nelson decided to tell everybody about the top secret information. Starting with his hysterical wife. And then the police officer, which after he got dressed down by the general, was told it does not matter. This is top secret national security. You cannot be telling this. And then basically he goes to the sheriff and says, now you can't tell anybody if I tell you this information. Not even your wife. Not even your wife, which I did. Ted Nelson. <laughs> um, but poor Sheriff Neil Blake got the worst death in the entire film and did not deserve it. Did not deserve it in the least. How'd he die? He's the one that Steve threw over the edge onto the power cables. Oh, and he right. that was amazing. <laughs> he got caught up in the power cables and like burned and fired and like was starting to slide down the power cables and then actually eventually fell off and then just laid there with like fiery angelic wings i mean that was awesome i must give whoever did those if that's baker hats off to you sir hats off to you well played but he did not deserve to go out like that well no but he kind of reminded me if anybody has ever seen a relatively contemporary movie of this one smokey and the bandit mm -hmm. if you've seen smokey and the bandit he is 
the son of the police officer in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Steve and I said his catchphrase a few times. You dumb son of a... Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yep. (laughs) Um, So there was them. We already talked about Judy Nelson, who didn't get her wife... His... Didn't get her husband crackers. And her husband blended in with their kitchen, too, by the way. That was... I thought it was nice that he color-coordinated <laughs> with their all-wooden kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like you could only see his floating head. It was... Uh, but that's uh, neither here nor there. She knitted. Yeah, for all... And, and you know that because there was a scene of her knitting for, like, what, three, four minutes? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, the Nelsons, they like uh, wall hangings. Yeah, uh, faux Native American, not really. They had a lot of them. Yeah, and crocheted pillow covers with the granny square. If any of you know what that's what I'm talking about, it was the most 70s house I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I, I, I felt a lot of padding happening through the movie as scenes of just regular normalcy was extended a lot longer than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty, yeah. Okay, Lyle Wilson as Dr. Loring. He was the other doctor who was talking to Ted Nelson at the beginning and turned down the dinner invitation. That was actually a very funny moment. (laughs) His wife, Ted Nelson's wife, was talking to him and saying, Hey, you should invite your doctor friend and the The general over for dinner. And sees, you know, Ted Nelson asks them and the one doctor's (laughs) like, no, I can't come over. And the general's like, sure, I'll come over. And then the wife's like, great, because my mother's also coming. (laughs) And you could just see, like, it was, that was actually probably one of the best moments in the movie. Of just normal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was that that moment uh, was the second and the best was the death of the sheriff. Okay. Definitely. Um, So there you have it. Astronaut goes to space, melts, and kills a bunch of people because he's an ambling zombie melty guy. Yeah. There you go. I don't know what else to say about this movie except for, honestly, it was really bad. Probably would have been a really boring movie for me to watch by myself. But I actually enjoyed watching it. Because I was watching it with somebody, and we were laughing really hard at a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have been laughing at. Right. I mean, we we kind of did the bargain basement riff tracks mystery science theater as we were watching it. I apologize. I could not stop just saying ridiculous things as the movie was going on. Because for me, especially since a lot of these scenes were just going on and on... <laughs> It was boring for me. There wasn't suspense. Yeah, maybe it was a horror movie, but like Ellen said while we were watching it, it had to be some kind of drive-in movie because teens could go to it, watch a little bit of it, and then do what teens do at a drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that I feel really bad for Alex Rebar having to wear all that makeup. Um, they evidently, 
I made a joke about how he needs to stop walking through the syrup vats because everything was so sticky because he was melting, right? Well, it turns out it was syrup and paint, so it wasn't too far off. I mean, like, he was just dripping in honey maple syrup consist. I, I don't know. It was a... He looked sticky. Not just that he was melting, but that, like, he was sticky. Yeah, you got to give that guy props because that could not have been fun to be in all day. <laughs> no. And then they cut off his arm and he has to wear these melty looking gloves that were like four melty times. Melty looking gloves, melty looking feet boots. Yeah, it was. His clothes were just covered in syrup, basically. Yeah. They was... had to have had to peel him out of his costume after filming every... I just can't even... Hats off to you, Alex Rebar. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how many bees buzzed him? Like, he right, was, exactly. like, outside filming. <laughs> just In oh. the forest, walking through trees. Yeah. Covered in just sweet, sticky... Yep. So, yeah... We did like Ted Nelson being a good name. Yeah, Ted Nelson's a good, strong name. Good, strong hero protagonist name. And it's not surprising to me that this was both directed and written by the same guy. This seems like a... Passion project, kind of. Well, kind of. I, it's not that much better than some of the student films that you see. In fact, it's probably worse than a lot of the student films that you see. Mm. Um... It wasn't very long, though. So I'll it give it that. It seemed a lot longer, though, with just all of the <laughs> random normalcy. We did have to stop it about halfway through because um, our internet was causing some uh, syncing issues between the voice track and the movement on the screen. And when we stopped it, we saw how much was left. And both of us were like, are you kidding me? It was like 40 minutes left. And it felt like we'd been sitting yeah. there for like three hours, three hours already. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, there were quite a few just like WTF moments. Like what is what is even happening here? Um, the space voyage being one of them. But we already covered that. Uh the nurse in the, the the first victim that they show in the movie is running down this long hallway screaming. Kind of like the Lancelot scene, only she kept moving the whole time. So it was once again a scene that was going way too long. It was. However, I'm like, I don't think there's anybody behind her. And Steve said something. It was a larger woman. He was like, well, maybe he's just hidden behind her. And she... Because I honestly thought that I might have saw him a brief second. And then because of the way the camera was, you just couldn't see him because it was focused on her. She moved, like turned a corner or whatever. And there was nobody in this hallway, which went on for like a mile. And, and she you saw every step of the of her running. And she was screaming like somebody was right on her heels. And... And then they showed her leaving the facility, and instead of opening the door... She just runs right through the glass. <laughs> like a cartoon. I was like, what? Yeah, oh, and that was then, funny. That was good. And then he's right there behind her. Like, 
I just, like, there was, like, those kinds of, like, continuity sorts of issues that I'm like, wait, where did he come from? She was running for, like, a mile, and he was nowhere to be found, and then he's right behind her. Right. Like, where did, how did he get there so fast? Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it was... Must have been some kind of shortcut. Maybe he took that little skiff thing. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, there is a little skiff thing that the doctors ride for no apparent reason. For no apparent reason. Down the same hall that the woman ran, the nurse ran down. Later in the movie, they ride this large skiff thing that literally they could walk faster than this skiff thing. It was ridiculous. Um, so there was stuff like that. There was the scene in the... The cabin with the couple coming home. Oh, yeah. Norman Bates' mom. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Norman Bates' mom. Yeah. That's how Norman Bates' mom became so crazy because of the... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I have a great one. Um, couple comes home from a date and... He sees that the door's open and goes in to investigate, makes her stay outside. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. No sounds. This is key. No sounds. So she goes inside and finds him eaten. Because, you know, when you're being eaten by a zombie flesh-eating melty guy, you don't yell. You don't yell at all. You don't put up a struggle. The room just on the other side of the doorway was completely destroyed and she didn't hear it. Right. Um, goes in, sees the dude, uh, melty guy, uh, comes back and moves the refrigerator by herself in front of the door to block him. So it must not have been a very heavy refrigerator. Locks herself into the house. I'm pretty sure she locked herself into the house because when the police came to rescue her... They came in and had to knock the refrigerator out of the way to get to her in the kitchen. So she locked a door to the outside out the back. And the guy, the melty guy, is still in the house with her. Banging and banging, trying to get into the kitchen. He gives up and evidently goes outside and comes around and just throws his arm through the window, which actually made me laugh really hard. And I knew they were going to cut his arm off because his arm looked funny on his body. <laughs> Ah, okay, okay. She cut his arm off, and then we proceed to have a scene where she's just screaming and crying and freaking out for like five minutes before the police get there. Once again, the scene went a little a little long. And it was like the poor actress was running out of stuff to do in the scene, too. I don't know, did you notice that? She's like, ah, ah, ah. I don't know, at that point <laughs> I might have been a little checked out. It was so strange. This was a very strange movie. I would not recommend you watch it. I wouldn't recommend, yeah. Uh, <laughs> top movie, top 50 movies of all time, no. Uh, definitely not one of the top 50 worst movies of all time, just because it's not memorable. Yeah, it was a bad movie, but out of all of the, well, I, I can't say that. I keep saying that every time. Um, but it's just a movie that can be forgotten. No offense to anybody that was in it. Um, once again, maybe those kids went on to have very lucrative acting careers. I'm not sure. Um, however, it just wasn't, 
it just wasn't memorable. It lasted way too long. All of the scenes were just a little... So a lot of them were just normal people, kind of. Like, seriously, like they padded it. Or they just said, hey, we don't have any script for this scene. So just kind of talk as if people would talk. But the problem with that was, I've got to say, at least with the cracker scene, he just got done telling his wife that the psycho monster thing escaped. She knows what's going on with Steve. and True. And he's like, so do you have crackers? And she's like, wait, are you going to go after Steve? And he's like, well, no, I just really want crackers. <laughs> and right. then they have the whole conversation and then go back to Steve. It right. was so weird. <laughs> That's yeah. not how normal people talk. Right. True. True. Okay. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm pretty much that was about it. So that was the capstone. So. I don't necessarily think this movie is not memorable because um, Ted Nelson, Dr. Ted Nelson, is um, memorable. Kind of. I don't know. The thing is, if you can find even enough to riff and make fun of in a movie, I don't think that it's a boring movie. I'm not saying it's good. Not by any chance. I'm not even coming close to it. It was a bad movie. This was pretty terrible. But the top 50 worst movie of all time? But it was really poorly made. Well, yeah, I guess. It's not... Okay. The worst 50 of all time is not based on worst 50 most entertaining bad movies it's like literally supposed to be the worst movies of all time okay so i mean if a movie is forgettable and the whole point of a movie is to entertain you wouldn't that kind of no, qualify kind it as of a see. bad movie i kind of it... see i guess i guess i'm jaded because of the first movie we we did with this there were so many tropes of the first movie we reviewed. If you would like to do that, go see or go listen to our Battlefield Earth review. There were so many easy ways that you could say, okay, that's horrible because they did it this way. That's horrible because they did it this way. And you could just keep going with that movie. This movie is just bad. Okay. I'll give you that. So. Um, I, I think that... Up until, I mean, up until recently, you and I have been speaking different languages with the bad movie stuff. Ah. Um, I tend to enjoy really bad things. One of my favorite movies is the Little Rascals movie, and that's a pretty bad movie. Um, I mean, not like bad as in it should be riffed and derived, you know. It, I find it funny. I don't think Steve did. It's just, you know, it's not a great movie. However... Some of my favorite movies that I I go back to are things like Planet Planet Nine from that uh, yeah, Plan Nine from Outer Space, some of the Ed Wood movies, um, actually Battlefield Earth I find incredibly funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny. Spoiler. Uh, I really like Face Off, so I think that Steve and I speak a little bit different language when it comes to bad movies if i find some entertainment out of it i can't call it boring however today i'm gonna have to agree with him it was a pretty boring movie and the entertainment that we got out of it was the stuff that we made up ourselves all right then (laughs) 
I know it sounded like I was going to come out and be like... No, no, that's a win. A win for my corner. <laughs> All right. That was our review of Hardy Boys, The Elder Years. Next week, we do our next good movie. Uh, which is 1952's High Noon, directed by Fred Zimmerman and starring Gary Cooper. And the next bad movie we do is a movie called The Fat Spy from 1966, directed by Joseph Cates, starring Phyllis Diller, Jane Mansfield, and uh, Stellar Company. All right, so... Once again, uh, that is our review. If you like this review, please uh, comment below. If you didn't like this review, comment below, but be nice. Hit subscribe, hit notifications. If you want to see this movie, sorry. If you don't want to see this movie, we have many more coming up. It looks like the lights are being lit on the streets of Royville. So until next time... That is the Royville Movie House. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye-bye.